The wine world, right, they're very pretentious and they think that it's the most complex drink in the world. It's not, right? Beer is thousands of times more complex. Hello everyone and welcome back to Breaking Breath, the Birmingham-based food podcast presented by Food Obsessed Mates, Liam and Carl. I am Liam. Carl, hello, hello, hello. How's it going, everyone? How are you, mate? Awesome. How are you, man? Yeah, glad. Glad to still be uh, out of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> you, get, you kind of get this. For now. Yeah, you For get now. this feeling. Is it going to come back? Is it good? So you've got to try and eat as much as you can. I can get out can. there, man. So, I mean, first week I went four, out four times. Yeah, you smashed it, mate. No wasting around. Uh, to be honest, I'm just glad I got to go to uh, Zoom Half with you. Because that burger, Chris. Oh, yeah, Chris. Meat meats bun. Meat meats bun. Mate, that blue, black and blue. Yeah, you black the black pudding, and blue, blue yeah. cheese. The jam, chilli jam. Oh, mate. And I had the little hotty chilies in and bacon and cheese. Oh, mate. I don't know why I wasn't going to swear then. We're perfectly allowed to swear on this podcast. But <laughs> it's either the, way, it was phenomenal. It's the burger. It's, for me, the taste of the actual beef burger itself was so good. It's yeah. a bit, it went perfectly with what I had because it was a little bit funky. Yeah, and yeah. I like that. You know, what I mean? you know, you get it too fresh and it's like, quite funky. I don't mean gone off. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like dry say. aged. Like. Well, mate, it's, um, it's up there. Mm. It's up there with the rest of the burger. We're so lucky. If you love burgers, Birmingham's the place to live. We're flying it, and then we need to try stacks, man. That's the next on my list. There. I ain't tried stacks. You know, I ain't had flying, flying cows either. You flying cows. Oh, flying nah. cows good, man. I think that's the only one I haven't had that I'm really desperate to try now. Mm, flying cows good, damn. Yeah, I've had everyone else. And meat meets buns easily up there. Where else? You, you went to Grand? Did you? You didn't eat there? No, I went to Grand and had a tour around that. It's the joke relationship for that. Um, yeah, but it's so beautiful. I mean, it's like painfully beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's properly stunning. I only had a look around, I didn't even get to eat or try any of the food, although we should be doing a podcast soon with the main chef there. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. But oh, it's so pretty. Mm, it's not like me to talk like, about buildings like <laughs> this either, like, but it's the only word you could use. It's yeah, just stunning. It's called the Grand, isn't it? It is Grand. Ballroom, the, the cocktail room is class. Yeah, 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 I've got to get there. I've seen everyone else's pictures of cocktails, and I love a good cocktail, so I've got to get there for that. You went to Eight as well? Yeah, I went to Eight. Our friend Andrew Sheridan had me there for dinner. Unbelievable. He's changed up the menu quite a lot and scaled it back a bit more, so it's a bit more manageable. We eat big portions, and we used to get <laughs> a lot of food on the first round, and scaled it back so it's more manageable now. Mm. Certainly, don't leave hungry, it's still a lot of food. Yeah. I mean, there's still eight plus snacks and stuff like that. The drinks pairing and, yeah, it's phenomenal. That cookbook really coming out as well, that looks good. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Can't wait to see that. Definitely getting that. You'll have to order that. Yeah, <laughs> now I'll be getting that. That looks really good. Where else is it? Uh, sushi passion, mate. Sushi oh yeah, sushi passion, passion yeah. yeah. Always forgotten about it, to be honest. Everyone always says uh, gaijin, but 
Gaysons where I still haven't eaten there and I really want to. Yeah. But I was right by it. It was after I left yeah, the ground and I was right by it, so I was talking. There's a couple of things I've craved real bad through lockdown. One was really good sushi. It's not something you can really make yourself at home. No, and some alright places, but not really. By the way, we live in Coca's probably the only place, a proper mm. sushi place. And it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. So I wanted great sushi, I wanted fine dining, I wanted a good burger, so I've ticked three off the list. Yeah. I've just got to go for a really good curry now. And then I've got to get a bonehead, and I think I've ticked everything off the list. Oh, and Verbena. Verbena's right at the top on the list as well. Verbena looks so good. Verbena's this new restaurant in Sturgeon. You might have seen it's been on social quite a lot this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Paul Fawford went there, done a cracking review. Oh, did he? Mate, it looks so good. went there, I never read it. It's so good. Looks so good. She is smashing it, mate. Yeah, it's right on the top of my list of places to go. Yeah, that's up on mine. Hopefully this week, I'm off this week. Been a bit mental with moving house this last two yeah, weeks. Yeah, so I'm just going to try and work my way around as many. I'm planning on having a full day in Birmingham just to eat <laughs> Make sure Bonehead's on your list. Yeah, Bonehead is on my list. Meat Shack. I want to go back to Meat Shack. It's just loads. Like, I want to go Ball's Head for dinner. Oh, yeah, I've got that booked in for yeah. in Barston. I've got that booked in for Monday, bank holiday. Cannot wait. Yeah. So. See our friend Ben. And that was another one on the list, Country Pub. So as soon as I've been for a curry, been to Bonehead, and been to Babina, you want to go in another lockdown, that's fine. Finally, I've been <laughs> everywhere I want to be. As long as I can get them in before. Selfish fucker. <laughs> well, the government have done it again. They've let another variant in. Yeah. Today we are talking about beer. Yeah, this was a fantastic podcast. So good. Recorded it a week ago, actually, yeah. Just down at his unit, down in Jewelry Quarter, Burn yeah. Soul, Chris. Yep, one of my favourite breweries. Does my favourite beer in the whole world. Yeah. I'm talked to him about it all. And, mate, I don't know about you, but I learned so much that I didn't know about beer. And I've never heard anyone talk so passionately about how you make beer as well. Well, that's what it said. Burning Soul literally means that he has a burning passion, burning soul for beer. And it shows, man. He's so knowledgeable. But he had a real good way of like being quite technical but understandable as well. It was crystal clear, I understood it as someone who even as someone who doesn't drink, I was so fascinated by it. Like, yeah. I thought it was a We got a taste of some of the well, I got a taste of Yeah, a nice taste, yeah. Taste of all the beers. Yeah, that was brilliant. And uh, as I was editing it and listening back to it, um, it comes across really nice the ad time like we get through the story. And uh, and then every so often there's a little psh- <laughs> and then you just talk about that <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, really yeah. nice the way it, it goes through it's a great story like. well, it's I, like we planned it or something I, know, I had a proper <laughs> session burning soul yesterday it was that nice day yeah that photo in the garden there looked cracking as well it looked brilliant um, yeah but as we said we did record it in his unit so it is a little echoey um, Chris really hated holding the microphone <laughs> anywhere near his mouth <laughs> So he does sound like sometimes he's here, sometimes he's the other side of the unit. But I've done my best. I think his story still comes through and his knowledge still shines through. So it's definitely worth kind of bearing with if you can stick with the audio. Yeah. But he, yeah. I mean, he was that excited when he, you know when someone's passionate, the hands are going mad, and that's what it was like when he loved it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just um, really excited to share this with everyone, and hope you all enjoy it as much as. We enjoyed recording it and Carl enjoyed the Drinking beer. It.
Chris from Burning Soul Brewery. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Good. Uh, thanks for inviting us down to the tap room today, down okay. at the brewery in Jury Quarter. Good to be here, mate. Oh, cheers. It's nice. It's nice having you. Um, so straight off, just going to apologise for my croaky voice. A uh, few, few drinks last night. It was uh, good fun. First Saturday open. So, uh, well. Yeah, it went well. It went, yeah, it went very well. Um, most importantly, like, it was a room full of very good people. Everybody was very happy. And uh, we, all, we all had an excellent time. Um, there, was a, there was a chap, uh, Nick, Nick Bubba, his name is. He's a good mate of mine, but it was his birthday. So he, he, he came and celebrated. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very good. Um, we actually opened up this week for the first time. We opened up on a Thursday. Just because, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because we, uh, we uh, launched some cans. So we knew we'd have like people like ordering for deliveries and then come to collect beer as well. And I thought, oh, if we open up the tap room for indoor seating and I've got people collecting, it's going to be an absolute uh, shit show. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, if we open up on Thursday and try and get some of those collections out of the way pretty early. So I got all the deliveries I could do on Thursday and got the collections, uh, got the collections done so we could, uh, so on Saturday I could... Uh, have a drink in the evening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the music was a bit loud last night as well. Yeah. I probably put some people off with the rock music as well, but that's fine. I, I, I had the time of my life, so yeah. As long as you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's, ge- that's generally not the way. It's <laughs> not really a good business model. Nah, if yeah. you're enjoying it, man, other yeah, people well, enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think How does so. it work for tap room? What are the hours? Are you allowed to stay open when you want? Because it seems um, tap rooms, all the ones in Birmingham, they have different hours to say a bar or a pub. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the hours are different. Um, we actually inherited our, our rules. So this unit prior to uh, us moving in a long time ago was um, Two Towers Brewery. Oh, yeah. So uh, this, this room was already licensed. So it wasn't a case of um, applying for a new license. It was a case of moving the license over to, over to uh, our names. So, yeah. Um, so a lot of the rules on this room we inherited from the old brewery. Now, one of the interesting rules we inherited, actually, was... Um, so, we're not allowed any under-18s on site, which is pretty normal for, for a bar. Yeah. But there's an exception, it says, unless part of an educational school tour. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? You're so, taking them on yeah. kids around brewery tours. Yeah, you, know, you take, take the kids to the brewery, and I'll teach them how to make homebrew beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a school I would have wanted to go to. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hello, man. That, that, that's, that's irresponsible. Had... The knowledge I have now, had I, if I could have done this at 15, I probably wouldn't have lived as long as I have. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, no. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we inherited the rules. So, um, we, the hours we use at the moment, um, it's Fridays and Saturdays only. So, obviously, most, most of the week is an absolute mess because it's a brewery and all, all the stuff comes forward. And so, we're busy making the beer. So, we're not trying to be a full-on bar. But, you know, um, Friday from, I think it's going to be about 4 till 9.30. And then Saturday might be 1 till 9.30. I mean, prior Corona, don't want to talk about Corona for too long, but prior to Corona, um, we were actually closing at eight o'clock just because, uh, quite selfishly, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> I don't want yeah, to work all Saturday. So, no, we, um, and plus we weren't trying to compete with other parts, but uh, the 9.30 finishes have been pretty, pretty reasonable, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good. I mean, I think I was concerned because sometimes we brew quite strong. I think I, I might have been like overly worried about people like being a bit too leery, but uh, that's certainly not the case. So it, it depends on your customers. Um, here we got excellent customers who are very responsible, so there's never there's never any there's never anything leery. There's never anything. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
there's no broad street behavior at Burnley, so, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah. there's nothing like that around here. What, what kind of crowd do you attract? Is it a younger crowd or? Oh, it's, it's a huge mix. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say it's a younger crowd. Um, I'm just asking because, you know, like, a lot of the time, Craft House, not so much anymore, years ago, it used to be like middle-aged, hairy blokes. You know what I mean? Oh, that that yeah. was the old yeah. stereotype, wasn't it? And then but, it became but, but, but Bernie Saul was, I think, one of the first that came along to kind of, with the cool branding and all like the, the can design, everything just kind of broke that down a little bit and attracted it. That's, that's very complimentary. Younger. That's very complimentary on our branding. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say it's a mix. We, we, we get some, we, we, get, we get families turn off, like in multiple generations. But I, I wouldn't say it's like we're student focused or, or anything like that. I couldn't really give you the average age. I reckon the average age is probably about 35, mm. maybe. I don't know, I, I, I try not to think about it. Um, we get a good gender split as well. It's not, yeah. We get we get mixed groups quite a lot, so we don't generally just get groups of men. It's, uh, mm. I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 tend, I tend not to think about it. I'm just like, just generally good people like good beer, so everyone's yeah. welcome. But was it like, um, is it something you set out like as part oh, of the plan? Was no, it? Oh like, no, no. There's nothing that smart going on with our marketing. <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna do our branding and aim towards twenty to twenty-four year old now. Nothing like that. No, just, well, the idea is uh, just make a beer. So uh, the branding and the marketing and all that other stuff has always taken a bit of a backseat. So the beer speaks for itself and it's a bit, I don't want to call it like a disease, but uh, the best marketing you can have is uh, a, a, good, a good referral. If, someone, if your beer's good enough to be spoken about, that's all the, brand, all the marketing I think you need. So it's like some people have it and then they tell somebody else and they tell somebody else and someone turns up for a tour and then they come back years later and it just kind of passes on like that. So. Um, yeah. It's part of it, like something truly fucking awesome rises to the top anyway, like oh, despite any you, market that, budget, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the marketing, just become undeniable. Yeah, the you cream don't need, rises yeah, to the top. That's true though. Yeah. Yeah. Cream, yeah, well, well, thank you. Um, well, that's, um, yeah, if, you, if you're undeniable, it doesn't matter about your marketing. Yeah. It doesn't matter about your that's marketing. That being said, I think the cans do look nice. Yeah, <laughs> who does all your um, marketing oh, stuff? It's all you yourself. Because yeah, the, the cans are. Oh, well, no, no, it's okay. So, don't get me wrong. Thank you. Don't get me wrong. So when it comes to actual physical, oh no, how inappropriate. <laughs> Look, that's my mom as well. <laughs> oh no, you've got no. to turn that, you can't turn that one down. Better not All turn right. that one down. Hey, you right, mom? Bye-bye. All right. She ruined the flow, didn't she? God. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what the were you saying? Oh yeah, so yeah, the can. So, um, so I, I don't actually do the, the physical drawings and the designs. Um, there was one can I did do, which I'm very proud of. I'll get to that in a second. But what I usually do is I, I scout the web, I, I, I buy artworks and then I kind of edit them to make it into the, you know, the black and white monochrome burning cell style. And then it's um, kind of, what I do is I, I use a PC program to build, build the artwork, lay it on. So I'm I think- Sorry Christian, I have to talk into the mic. Oh, sorry. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time, people okay. get- Sorry, sorry. Mate, sorry, I'm sorry. the worst, we don't worry right, about right. it. Um, so yeah, so I, I just kind of, I put it together, I change all the colors and I edit them and I, and I do that. And then I pay artists for it. So um, some, of, some, of our, some of our stuff is pretty, uh, pretty cool. Up, um, We've got, <laughs> right, cans we haven't got here. I mean, I could get some out the back, but we've already got a few cans to go through. And it's, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I don't know what time you're releasing the podcast, but it is 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a Sunday. So I don't want to go too heavy. Well, um, so, um, so basically, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big nerd. And it's sometimes, I'm a nerd about beer. I'm a nerd about quite a few things. And sometimes it comes through in the beer. 
and uh, we've got a beer called uh, World King Fist IPA. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, mate. Do you know what? It's it's really hard one because I get a lot of people come here and they're like, hey, "Have you got the, the 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 fist one, the one with the fist?" And and they don't realise that World King Fist is literally a, a translation from an old Dragon Ball Z move. And I don't know if you guys know Dragon Ball yeah, Z. Yeah, <laughs> Liam yeah, laughed. Yeah. He knows Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so yeah, they asked for old World King Fist. Anyway, we have a you have a, you know what a Gundam is a Japanese mech robot. You know, I, mean, I know the yeah, yeah, a big the, robot on it. Like, yeah, Jeff, you know, at one point, like I think in the early nineties, Japan was obsessed with giant robots, and that's kind of inspired like Power Rangers for the for the West. Anyway, um, that can has Gundam artwork on it. Of there's a Chinese, an old Chinese, uh, I don't want to say proverb, but there's a story of the Monkey King, mm. and the character from Dragon Ball Z was a ripoff of the Monkey King. So on the on the artwork for that can, I've got a Monkey King Gundam. I had someone draw for me, and I'm like, that's badass, dude. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And then the other one, we have Heaven Hallows, which is like a Gundam hand, like reaching out, trying to touch a, touch a human, you know, the creation of Adam, you know, that, that artwork? Yeah. It's a bit of a piss take on that. So, yeah, we go, we go, we go a bit funny with the artworks, and uh, yeah, we have a good time. You might as well have a good play with them as well, man. Yeah, why not? Enjoy it. My, my, one of my favorite artworks we did. So, last year, during the... During the lockdowns, we uh, we released a beer called O One Two One Brew One, which is you know, yeah, very, yeah, it's very 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 Bergen focused. It's wicked. But the, one of my favorite bits about the beer, other than the beer itself, is I actually did that artwork. So if you look at that artwork, it looks it looks like it's like, do you know sometimes some artists they can pull off oh, it looks crap, but it's crap on purpose. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's crap on purpose, but it's just the best I could do. It took me absolutely hours. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like, been ironic with this yeah, kind of yeah. like, no, that is my best effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, my, my missus, uh, she, she cracked a joke, and I was like, oh, I wish I'd done that. She says, what you should have done is put, by Chris, age 33, <laughs> on the side of it. I was like, oh, that oh, would have been, been good as well, man. That would have been great, but I already sent it off to the printers. Blur. Yeah, so um, yeah, so you know, bit of a mix. So for the most part, I usually acquire the artworks from elsewhere, and all I do is the um, I want to say the graphical design, the putting it together on the PC. So yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself, Chris. Uh, I'm guessing uh, you haven't been to uh, art school or <laughs> haven't been to where art school. Uh, no, <laughs> no. But funnily enough, um, the, the the only reason I can I can do all this um sort of editing is when I was younger, I used to use uh, computer programs to edit out my zits. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm like, so obviously Photoshop is number one. Uh, I haven't learned Photoshop. Uh, I just use the old programs I used to use. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh no, I'm not learning something new. I just use the old programs. Yeah, yeah. So I do it in the old programs and then I export it to Photoshop, save it, and then I send it to the printers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, no, um, so I am, um, Grow up around Birmingham. Yeah, I grew, yeah. Up, I, grew, I grew up around Birmingham. I grew up originally in Borsal Heath, and then moved to moved to Mosley. I uh, studied. Uh, well, I went to school in Mosley, then Aircott Screen, and then eventually I went on to um, UCE, which became BCU while I was there. Yeah. And that rebranding exercise that they did done them wonders. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like it completely changed everything. Um, yeah, I, w- I was chuffed. Like uh, I went to a, I went to a worth university and graduated from a better university. So. <laughs> what did you study? I studied business information technology with multimedia, which sounds like it's very relevant to what I do. I that sounds very useful. <laughs> yeah, it's it it's not useful at all, at all dude. It was, uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't a waste of time and money, but it was it was certainly. A what good did time. you want to do? Like, was there a reason you done that course in particular? Um, no, <laughs> no, there wasn't. Um, there wasn't really. There wasn't really. Uh, a reason for it 
Um, I think I it's just good to be honest. A lot no, of people I, are like, "Yeah, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was oh, twelve. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. That uh, is most people I know didn't. Know, most people I know are thirty and still don't know what yeah, they, they want to do. I'm thirty five. I don't get a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought you'd say podcaster, but okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nah, it doesn't pay sure. enough. So you had yeah. nothing, nothing oh, in mind. You think this pays? <laughs> no. Um, so um, no, <clears throat> I think. Because originally I did, I did apply for the Aston University business course, but that's one of the best business course business courses in in the country, and they wanted um I wanted A, B B, and I got a I got a B B C. I'm like, is that good enough? They were like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then I wanted to stay local, so then I went to uh, it was it was UCE um, under under clearing, but um part of that course it was like a four year course, and on the third year you did a placement, so I did a placement in the NHS as a um. Is in in the IT department, so I met a few people there, and that was kind of like that put me on a career path already. Um, so when when I graduated, um, I applied for the NHS. I was like, I've already got a year experience in in like servicing, servicing like the the GP population and and all this, and I've worked because luckily in my experience, though, like every three months you change department, which is really good. So, and by the end of it, um, I, I I had a job in um, in West Brom as a business analyst. So it was spreadsheets. So I was a, I was a big spreadsheet guy. So I did that for about seven years, and I was I was really good at it. I was no one's handsomely paid in the NHS. Sorry, the, the table is making a noise, and it's, it's I, I, I can I can see I can see it's annoying you, Liam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was just doing spreadsheets, dashboards, that sort of stuff. Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't certainly wasn't a bad job at all. No, it was, yeah. uh, it was good people, and you kind of felt like you were making a difference. So, um, so my job was trying to like evidence uh, the work that the community services were doing. So obviously, uh, the NHS was trying to be like I don't want to say move more commercial, but it's it's it, it's separated to um, kind of provider and uh, people who put out for tender. So we were trying to evidence the work. So a lot of my job was like, hey, can you record that on the PC, please? I know you're doing the work. From a business point of view, we need to be able to stand in front of somebody and go, "This is the work we do. This is our time. How long it takes for us yeah. to uh, to deliver X care." So that was that was that was my job, and it was pretty good. And I was uh, I'd like to think I was very good at it. Um, but I, I started brewing beer. I mean, I was I've been drinking beer, and this is this is I don't know if I should uh, even share this, but I uh, I've been drinking beer for for a long time. Uh, longer than legally allowed, but I, I used to drink almost exclusively Carling. Almost, almost exclusively. And then if it wasn't Carling, I'd be like, Ugh, I'd look down on like <laughs> Foster's drinkers, like it was so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. So I, I but the, the funny thing is, uh, I, I never actually liked Carling, but I, f I assumed it was an acquired taste. And does, if, does anyone really like yeah, like I, truthfully? I, like, <laughs> I bet they do. You know what? Really. I've, I've, I've um, <laughs> I'm going to say, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've had people come to the tap room and tell me that Carlin's the best in the world. I'm like, well, if you say something, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. you Sometimes, might... you know, if you're just like really, really thirsty and it's a red up Like down. you're in the desert, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're at death's door. Yeah. Is that where you're going? <laughs> it, it's refreshing. Like, you know, a light lager, no, crappy lager. It's quite refreshing on a really fucking hot day after a day's graft. You know what, some pubs you go to, you ain't got a choice anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's rather that yeah. or fucking Carlsberg, I ain't drinking that. I'm quite glad. I didn't start off on Carling. I never liked it. I, like, and everyone's going to be like, nah, he's just trying to be cool. Like, I started on the John the, You were the original hipster. No, no, <laughs> I, started, good. I started working with my dad like when I was like 15, 16. 
and he'd say like if you if you've done a, a week's work you can come to the pub you know that was his thing like he said so you come to the pub with us on the friday evening after work so we went in after work and we'd have a pint and he'd say you can't have that lager stuff it's bad for you that stuff he said you'd have the same as what i'm having i'll have a worthy's or a john smith's so i, I thought i'll have that and then i got to like it and then when we started going out underage yeah. In my mind, I thought, if I go up and order a Carlin, they're going to know like I'm 17 or 16. If I order a John Smith's, they're going to like second, like what, look what at me 17 and go, drinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 17 yeah. year old drinking John Smith's? <laughs> should, if you're under 40 and you order that, they should I do you? Because it should be like an age for me. Like, you know. <laughs> you're too young for John Smith's. Yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing in this modern age where craft beer is like, everywhere and there's such a variety but at the time there was none there was none i had uh doom bar was exciting if doom bar happened to be on tap or in a in a yeah. bottle but yeah yeah my, my, my first my first uh like ale was was ruddle's best and uh, oh, <laughs> i was like oh, no um I, I remember going to Spoons and i remember sitting at the table me, <laughs> me and the guys and we'd look at the menu like we were actually at a restaurant <laughs> we were like yeah. i'm gonna try that one i'm gonna try this one <laughs> i'm gonna try that one and actually my favorite drink when i was much younger was a. Uh, a double Malibu and orange juice, which is a child's drink, right? Like, how do you order that without getting IDs? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And Archer's a lemonade. Lovely. Mm. No? <laughs> well, so they say, um, as you get older, your taste buds change. Right. And uh, it's like, you know, when you're a kid, you want fish fingers, beans and chips for dinner. And like, and as an adult, and you don't like Sunday dinner as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, I went to if I went over to mum's and I had fish fingers, beans and chips on a Sunday dinner. I'd be like, "What's going on, mum? Where's the roast?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want mine fish fingers, At chips, lunch, and beans. No, <laughs> not in comparison to a Sunday roast. Nah, Surely mate. not. I love Sunday roast over everything. Everyone knows that. But. Yeah, you're mad on him, yeah. yeah. Oh, but it was a case in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> He's There's a backstory there. <laughs> Just loves him. It was a case in Birmingham. If you, the only place you could go for different beers would be the Welly. Yeah. Well, oh, like we'd yeah. go there and we'd sit there all day and just try and complete the board like yeah yeah i've uh, been going to the wellington for many years it, it, it was it was yeah it, it, it was brilliant i that they would do some wild cider as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, you, if you if you were in a rush well, you used to have <laughs> stuff on the, on the board you'd look at the percent like the yeah. alcohol but you'd just have a question mark and you'd ask them and they're like we, we honestly don't know what strength it is <laughs> yeah well the wellington yeah the wellington's <laughs> been a bit of a beacon for uh, for like ale like it's known throughout the country. Yeah, I can't think of anywhere else in Birmingham, especially that's even now still really like it. Really, well, um, nah, there's a few like it, like that. What's that pub you really loved? Um, by the Keg and Grill. Craven Arms. The Craven, Craven Arms, Arms yeah, is yeah, one yeah. of my favourites. Craven, yeah. Craven Arms was like a, Craven Arms is a cracking pub. Yeah, it was like Switzerland because you could go there with anybody. Like you got you got the it was best casks. Uh, they had cracking crap BFG beer. man so yeah. I'll go there BFG I'll just keep keep them coming man really okay. yeah I love it well I <laughs> I didn't drink it I was uh, they used to get some really really like one time they had yeah, you know Elusive Brewing you guys know Andy from Elusive Elusive Brewing anyway there's a lovely chap Andy he, he makes great beer Elusive Brewing there was Elusive Brewing tap takeover um, and all the casks were so perfectly conditioned like every single cask was absolutely mind boggling but interestingly about Craven Arms they also serve Carlin so, yeah, yeah. so you could all your mates, you could all meet, and there was something for everybody. And they had a, I remember one of my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, favorite beers ever was Brodie's. Uh, that uh, it's an old, it's an old, it's an old uh, London brewery. Um, and they had a Brodie's Hoxton Special on IPA. And honestly, I remember drinking, going, oh my God, this is brilliant. And this is this is well, like this is early, early on. And they were probably they were probably making 
IPA, like like what you would expect an IPA to taste like today. So yeah, it was really, really good. Um, I don't even know what I was, what, what were yeah, we so talking we, about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I was banging about Malibu and orange juice, wasn't I? Yeah, we, we went on a tangent. Yeah. You, you were talking about how you started drinking. You, you, you were about to tell us about what age you started brewing oh, and how you got into yes. it. Oh, yeah, okay. So, um, so I got to university, I got through like a cider and black phase and uh, snake bites and stuff. Still, still not great. And uh, the first, the first like proper real beer that I was like, whoa, what's going on? Um, I went to um, the Brass House on Broad Street. I don't go to Broad Street often. I don't want your judgment, guys. All right. All right. <laughs> so I go to the Brass House on Broad Street, and I have a um, Timothy Taylor's Landlord. I have a pint of Landlord. For, I don't know why I ordered it. I was like, yeah, I have a pint of Landlord. Anyway, I drank it. I was like, oh, my God. No way. Is this cask beer? And then, so I call, I remember calling up my mate saying, you got to come to town and try this bloody cask beer, man. It's incredible. Even to this day, the, 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 the range and quality from cash you can get like 10 out of 10. And then sometimes you can never get cask beer and it's two out of 10. And then there's also a bit of magic in that because it sometimes comes down to how it's being kept, the place you go into it. And then obviously once you pop a cask, there's a bit of a time limit to, uh, to drink it. So um, yeah, so it was Timothy Taylor's and, I, and then I started getting mad on cask. And then eventually, you know, if I'm drinking cask, I come across Oakham Citra. I'm like, what the hell is this? There's fruit in beer now. This is nuts. <laughs> and then Oakham Citra. And then uh, Oakham Green Devil, if you, you ever had Oakham Green Devil. If you see it, just buy it. It's Oakham Citra on steroids. It's a, it's a six percenter. It's a, it's a really good one. So then you start going to like, um, like beer festivals. So it's got a green sort of face. Yes, that's, yeah, that's, that's the one. That's, yeah. So the green face, that's kind of friendly. That's Oakham Citra. And then they do another one and the face is kind of angry and looking a bit more intimidating. <laughs> it has horns. That's the Green Devil, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> yeah, which is an appropriate name. But yeah, you start going to like, uh, camera beer festivals, became a camera member as well, and really started getting into ales. And then um, at university, um, I was walking up and down Tesco, and I bought some punk IPA, I think it was on offer. And I remember my first sip of punk IPA, I was like, oh my God, this is awful. Ugh. Ugh. So I remember, I remember looking at the label, like, what's wrong with this beer? <laughs> and then looking at the sale by day, and, and actually, it was probably the first time I ever had something like horrendously bitter. And uh, yeah, so I had that. I was like, oh, that's, that's rank, that is, that's rank. And then after the first bottle, I was like, actually, that's quite nice. I'm getting used to this. And then by the end of it, I was like, I've got to go back and buy more. So then I kind of caught the, uh, the Brewdog. Like, fell in love with Brewdog. Love Brewdog. I, 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 love, I love the beers, 5 a.m. say, Punk IPA. And they had one called Trashy Blonde. And I remember going into my... Um, it's not very PC by today's standards, is it, actually? You can, you're going to come out with that, with that. But yeah, they had it in... Um, they had it in cask. So I went, I went to a local pub and they had a Brewdog, Trashy Blonde and cask. I was like... Oh, I guess I'm here all night then, and yeah. So um, so then really got in, really got into, really got into Brewdog, and then yeah. So drinking, drinking a lot of Brewdog. I, I was going around. I think I was going Nottingham quite often, and then they they set up a Brewdog Nottingham. <laughs> this is a funny story actually. So they set up a Brewdog in Nottingham. So we we went. Uh, I, I was going there. I was there for the launch, and I was so excited. Drunk the board. Anyway, I was like, there was Brewdogs all over the country, and the Birmingham Brewdog came really late to the party yeah, was and I was like well, come on I was not Brewdog in Birmingham and as soon as I opened it in Birmingham I was so excited I think if you go to the Birmingham Brewdog website you'll see me at the bar <laughs> like I'm still you'll see, you'll see the dreadlocks um, but um, I was the first person to get kicked out of Birmingham Brewdog and the very, <laughs> the very, the very first person a, yeah that's, that's what a, a I, yeah yeah I hold the title I hold the title <laughs> and I got a bit a bit too excited and uh, I'm not drunk until I fell asleep <laughs> and then I was I was removed um, so yeah I remember the next day going have I just been 
barred from my new favourite place. I can't believe this. Absolutely good. So the next day I came back and I apologised. And then I was like, actually, you, you're well behaved. Just, you can't be sleeping at a table, though. <laughs> so, so that was fine. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I'm in love with Boudog. I'm in love with beer, beer festivals. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the Wellington Beer Board and the, the White Horse Beer Board because they used to have their beer boards online before it was very normal to have. This is before Untapped. Before, like, so I could be at work and be like, oh, what, what, what have they got on? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I go, I go around, uh, I go around someone's house and they're like, hey, Chris, you like ale? I'm like, yeah, I don't know ale. I'm like, well, I've, I've had this, I've got this homebrew kit and, um, and I don't really like it. Do you want it? I'm like, well, I'll give it a go. So I go over to this underneath the stairs, open up, peel back this bucket, and it's like, it's this brown liquid, it's flat, it's got bits of yeast floating in it. And I'm like, I don't even know what yeast, I don't even know where beer came from. I was like, oh, what, what is, that's gross. And so I just start dunking my glass in the fermenter, right? I don't know any better at this point. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm drinking this, this homebrew beer, and it's absolutely awful, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely awful, but it's also very free. So, <laughs> so I, I do my best, you know, I, I have a good go. And I was like, oh, you can make beer at home. So then, because of that, I then go to uh, my local homebrew shop, which was a, a Brew Monkey in Cradley. And I go to the chap. I'm like, hey, I want to make Brewdog Punk IPA. And I have to ex explain what Punk IPA to him is. And he's like, yeah, you need to walk before you can run. I'm like, okay, fine. So he gives me, he gives me this, this gel bag. Gives me my own plastic bucket. And it's just follow the instructions. So you go home. You put the gel in the bucket. You put some boiling water on the gel. And you top it up with water. And then you put a pack of yeast in. And then you try and drink it in five days, and then and then it tastes bad, and you, you wonder why. Um, <laughs> yeah, the first one, the first one I did was it was undrinkable. I was like, oh, this isn't right. And then from there, I started looking on the internet, and then caught the bug. And then the second beer, the second beer was really good. Dry hopped it with Chinook. I was like, okay, we can do this. And I remember drinking it, going, I've paid for worse. This is this is <laughs> this is a revelation. <laughs> and then from there, I just kind of caught the bug, caught the bug. And I think, like from a more personal perspective, it's um. It's the first thing I've ever I've ever made. Like I've never been great with tools. Never been great with tools. I've never I've never put anything together. But it's the first thing I've actually through hard work. It's about eight hours um, through a bit of hard work. It's the first thing I ever produced, and I think there's something to be said about 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 doing that. So yeah, I've managed to make beer, and now there's people getting drunk and enjoying beer that I've made. So you know, I'm getting a buzz out of that, and I just I just ca I just catch the bug. And then you know, I'm at work and I'm, I'm fantasizing about what beers I'm going to do. And then one day I'm like, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to actually have a go at doing this for a living. And um, yeah, so you're just searching online for different recipes and stuff. Then still yeah, like trying and, different and, and, things and, 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 and reading. And different what was the worst thing you made? Was it the first one, or did you make any oh, worse? Oh no, there was, there was, there was, there was one. There's one that haunts me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Physically <laughs> sick. Or yeah. Or worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. So basically, we were making a Halloween beer. I was like, well, I'm going to make a bloody green beer. So I make a... Oh, uh, well, I know. So I'm like, well, I can make a beer green. green and uh, you get, there's a, a half food called wheatgrass. It's very green. So I put some wheatgrass in the beer, give it a shake. I'm like, mm, it's green. And it's still beer. It's fine. Right? So put it in bowls. <laughs> I go out and I'm, I'm with some people. I'm going to share out this, 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 this Halloween beer. The first one to pull out. Pulls out crystal, like, like, just like a beer cup. It's yellow. I'm like, that's weird. That's weird. I'm like, what's going on? Oh, it's all sunk to the bottom. I didn't realize it was <laughs> all sunk to the bottom. So then I shake it. I'm like, I would drink it anyway. And now it's like more wheatgrass. And I, think, and I, I remember the taste of it to this day. Like, oh, I remember like, oh, yeah, that, 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 was, that, was, that was bad. That was bad. But um, yeah, the, the thing, the thing when, uh, when, when, you, when you're brewing your own beer, what happens is when you make great beer, 
you give it out. And when, you, when your beer's like mediocre, that's the beer you're drinking for like a month. So you, you drink your punishments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really do drink your punishments. And yeah, like um, you learn off flavors. Like I'm really sensitive to diacetyl now. If it's just like a butterscotchy taste, yeah. which you can get if you uh, if your dry hops a bit off, or if there's not a, the yeast aren't happy, you're not getting a very clean fermentation. So I'm very sensitive to that because I've made a butterscotch beer and I have, I've I've gone through like 19 liters at home going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we've got these cans and we're, we're chatting away. I mean, these aren't going to drink themselves, <laughs> boys. So. They're licking my lips and everything. Yeah, I'm sorry. Crack them open. That's cool. All right, so what we're going to start on? Uh, we'll go. We'll go pulling down the sun. Right, you want to hold the mic while I? What are you drinking, lads? So this is um this is pulling down the sun. This is a re relatively uh, new beer. We um made this beer for like a so the first time we were going to cans, which was very very nerve wracking. Um, we, I wanted like a, a nice pale ale, and um come up with this uh, idea because during lockdown, what because we had such great weather at the start of uh, the lockdown last year. This time last year it was lovely. So even though even though we were all locked down and we couldn't we couldn't see each other. I think as a nation, we, were, we, weren't, we weren't really minding it so much at the start because of the lovely weather. So a lot of people were, were drinking during the day and they were, for lack of a better phrase, pulling down the sun. You're just, you know, you're just, you're yeah. just drinking until the evening comes. So I wanted to make a session IPA, a session beer that's ideal for drinking in the sunshine. Okay, but you know, I've been drinking a lot of it in winter, so <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the concept uh, didn't really matter. So yeah, a nice, uh, a nice uh, hazy session IPA. So, um, so it's, uh, it's, it's more bitter than a pale ale. So there's quite a few hops in there. And it's, uh, it's just a very, very, very nice, very drinkable beer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites. Uh, if I'm gonna have a, if I'm gonna go out on a session, I honestly, I'm, I, would, I would happily drink like, I would happily drink all five pints of that. Everyone thinks because I, I brew and I, I, I can handle my drink, I can't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a notorious lightweight. Yeah. Um, I, when I drink with my friends and the way they drink me under the table these days, I'm like, Chris, you used to keep up with us. I'm like, I just used to be more drunk than you, I think. <laughs> like, like, I think I've always been a bit of a lightweight. But yeah, so this is, this is uh, pulling down the sun, so. So you're working at the NHS. Oh yeah. And then you were kind of brewing on the side. What happens next? Where's the point where you decided, I'm going to so, go at this? Yeah, it was, I was coming up to, I was coming to 30 and I was like, you know, I'm thinking about it all, all the time and it's like a, it's like a, a mind virus. It's, it's something I'm, like, I really want to give this a go. And I was thinking, if I don't do this now, I'm going to never do it. And then, I mean, eat. the worst case scenario is I try it, it doesn't work out. I go back to being a home brewer and then I hopefully can get a job in the NHS. So, um, it was around that time really started looking seriously for for units and coming up with logos and stuff and it was me and a, an ex-business partner when we first started and i was still working in the nhs while while setting up the uh while we were setting up the brewery and stuff and uh <laughs> this is the story of how i how i quit <laughs> so it was a monday morning right and i come in and i had all these emails and i was just getting grief right and the phone kept ringing and i was like you know what i'm done I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. So, uh, so I've, I've never, I've never really handed in a notice. So <laughs> I didn't really know what to do. Um, so I wrote down on a piece of paper, dear Yasmina, my boss at the time, this is my notice, signed Chris Small. Right? Very dramatic. He's like, uh, Yasmina, can we? Uh, I was like, okay, can we have a chat? She's like, no, I'm very busy. I'm like, well, all right, I'll just give it you now. <laughs> and he's like, she she sat on like a duck of deck tables. So like on the table, there's there's my notice. So I had 30 days, um, 
Now, I was the only person doing my job at the time. So, and if you're familiar with the, the hiring people in the NHS, it takes about 30 days just to put out an advert. <laughs> so, yeah. so they were like, you can't leave in 30 days. I'm like, I can, and I'm going to, <laughs> like, I'm going to. So yeah, a big part of um, to get the money for, uh, for Burning Soul originally, well, certainly my half, I had to, uh, I, had to sell, I, had, I used to have a flat in Edgebaston where I'd, I'd brew, a top floor flat. And I'd, uh, I'd actually had a Velux window. And when I wanted to brew, I'd put my, uh, my, my, uh, my boiler on a few speakers and it looked like I was making meth. <laughs> you know, you, like, honestly, it looked well dodgy. Um, but yeah, so I, I sold that and then I sold pretty much everything I had in, in life. I, I went down to, um, I, had, I had a van, uh, my clothes, a mobile phone, and that was it. And that was it. And everything else was gone. Like, I sold all my furniture. It was, it was a bit of a weird one because I put it all on Gumtree and then it was like, I had people like walking around the house, like offering me like two pound for like a, a photo frame and stuff. I was Jesus. like, yeah, I was like, yeah, just take it. I have, I have nowhere. So it was moving in with, uh, moving in with mother, and uh, <laughs> well, you know, trying to make burning soul work. And um, yeah, well, I, I, I certainly don't regret it. I certainly don't regret it. But yeah, it was <laughs> clothes, mobile phone, and a, and, and a vehicle. So. so you had no concrete real plans in place before you handed in your notice. Not really, no. <laughs> Not really, no. Kind of Only had some type of business education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> business, business education would have told me that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, no. It, um, yeah, the course didn't didn't actually cover like how to run a business, how to do a no. VAT return. I did it at how college to, as well. It doesn't tell you. It just tells you how to do spreadsheets and cash flow. It doesn't right. tell you actually how to run a fucking business. Yeah, yeah. I, it didn't even, didn't give me cash flows. I was doing like project management. <laughs> and so, and you know, writing writing stuff on methodologies and and SQL. I was doing, I did very well in my SQL, but I never used. But, you know, <laughs> how long did it take then to get up and going? Um, about I think it was about. From, so when we first got moved into the unit, um, and, did you, and how did you find a unit? Did someone? Say <laughs> so basically, right, you, you go online, you go online, and you're like, you can't find anything. So at one point, uh, me and my ex business partner, we would um, we would driving around Birmingham just looking at the industrial areas and we saw a sign, we'd call up and be like, hey, can we do this? And we, we did see a unit and we were, we were starting talks and then we says, it's a brewery. And then we're like, oh no, not having a brewery in the unit. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize we'd <laughs> You see, from my point of view, if I was a landlord, I'm like, yeah, I'll have a brewery in the unit. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, cheers, lads. <laughs> um, so um, we, were just, we were literally just driving around looking at units and we drove past this unit and we saw the sign for two towers and I was like, Oh, is this where Two Towers is? So we literally knocked on the door and we we're like, hey, we're, uh, we're, we're going to be starting up a new brewery. How are you guys? Uh, we've never come here before. And we're very, very friendly people. But they literally says, as we walked in, yeah, we're moving out of this unit in about uh, four months. And we're like, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're moving out of this unit, are you? And uh, so the person who actually owns this unit is uh, Birmingham City Council. So we pay rent to Birmingham City Council. And uh, so, so we called the Birmingham City Council. You're like, hey, don't worry about it, we'll take that unit. And they were like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> I was like, oh no. So we had to, they had to put the unit out and they had to do viewings for multiple other people. And then you had to apply for the, uh, you had to apply and part of the application process, which is weird. Um, it's like, this is the rent and you would, you would bid 
how much rent you're gonna, how much rent you'd pay. So I think the idea is you'd haggle and whoever bidded the highest would win. And obviously we really wanted it, so we put a pound on top of the, <laughs> on top of the, on top of the base rate. We'll pay you an extra pound a month if you go with us. And anyway, yeah. So they they, they, they took us on, they took us on. So it was a it was a lot of going. So all all the painting had to be done. Um, um, well, there's, there's an old picture we, we keep on the wall over there of how it, oh, how it yeah. used to be and like uh, it already had drains but all the drains needed to be ripped up and, uh, and put down so there was a good few months you know and putting it all together but we, uh, we, we had some of the kit um, from years ago it was, it was barely suitable as a brewery it was pretty much scrap metal <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah we put it together pretty much on a shoestring as, as probably as, as cheap as you could do did you have anybody help you like and how different was it from brewing what you were doing in your in your house or in your um, apartment? The, the actual the actual profit. So financial help? No, it was just me and my business partner. Was, there was no there was no there's yeah, no financially. I meant more like uh, knowledge. Like really, like how different is it from brewing in your bedroom to this? Like for me, it must be like fucking completely. Well, <laughs> so when you when you're brewing at home, there's something called um, all grain. So you get like you know the kits where you add the water yeah, that yeah, I was talking yeah. about. So all grain is where you literally you have like three different vessels. You have your HLT for warm water, then you have your mash tun, and then you have your, uh, your kettle or your copper. It's the same process, but bigger. So you, you just sort of follow, follow the same process. Um, my ex-business partner, he previously uh, worked at Sadler's for a couple of months as well. And that, that, that also helped, that also helped. Um, I think uh, what it was, he, he would won a, a, a beer competition, and Sadler's like, hey, we need a brewer. And then ultimately, he's like, it's not what I want to do, I want to make my own, so. But yeah, um, and he was he was previously uh, he was a carpenter as well, so that was pretty handy. Handy. Yeah, and then I have another close mate of mine who uh, he works for Rolls Royce on like on engines on airplane engines, right? So he's a really shit hot engineer, yeah. right? So when he was younger, he used to weld, but now he works in an office on CAD. So whenever he has a chance to weld, he's actually quite excited to weld, and we <laughs> we, we have him in all the time. One of my uh, good mates, Anthony, so he was helping us do with the the melting of the metal. Um, which, you, which you need, especially when you're using scrap, pretty it's a much. Nice skill to have as well, welding. I'd love to be able to do that. I love building, building shit. So if I could build my own barbecue, I'd love that. Man, oh. I'm scratch, anything yeah. like that. I can't build anything. <laughs> Man, <yeah. laughs> I built a barbecue once, right, out of a pile of bricks. I literally just piled up bricks. <laughs> no cement. <laughs> yeah, not, no cement. <laughs> it's not even a joke. Piled up bricks and then got a big enough like metal grill. And as I was piling up bricks, put the grill down, piled some more bricks on top of that, and then put another grill down. Yeah, barbecue, done. Wasn't safe at all. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Yeah, we'll put fire on. What were those first? You, you finished that point down the side pretty quick, didn't you? I know, I was saying how long over I was when I turned Yeah, up. yeah. It's quickly what disappeared, man. Oh, yeah, it's past 12, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Fine, I guess it's session meant to be like a relaxed, like, session all day kind of ale, like, not like a neck and ale. So it's <laughs> half a can in about 20 minutes, that's not too bad. What was the first brews like that you made here? Oh, the, fir the very first beer. <laughs> the very first beer was a beer called the Forerunner IPA. Um, basically, we had uh, Mount Olympus was the planned first beer, which was at the time 5.2. So first time using your kit, you haven't got a clue about your efficiencies and a bit of trial and error. So we made a 6% Mount Olympus <laughs> and we're like, whoops. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, so we couldn't call it Mount Olympus. So the first one was the Forerunner. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. I've still got a bottle of it. 
I've got yeah, you're just yeah. gonna keep it forever, like as a momentum. Um, remember where you come from, like. Yeah, I don't think it's worth drinking at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't think it's worth drinking at this point, surely. Um, so yeah, the forerunner, and then the second beer we ever did was, uh, which was an old IPA we used to do called the OCT, but it wasn't happy enough, so we called it the Gateway IPA because it was like if you weren't if you weren't really into IPAs, if you drunk this, it's like the middle ground as you're working up. So yeah, we're working out the hop efficiencies, working out the malt efficiencies. But it all came out drinkable, like it's, oh, it was, yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah, 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 good, yeah, 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 yeah. There's t- touch wood, touch wood. There's, there's been very few uh, batches that have to like they don't see the light of day, very few. So that's that's good. That's good. Mm, nice. All right, let's. Uh, all right, we're gonna go on to a, a collab. This is a. This is. Oh, this is the one I am very excited. I haven't tried this. Oh, okay. very, I love rock and roll barrel. So do I. They're lovely they're people, great, yeah. and they, they make lovely beer. Uh, so uh, they're they're a bit more they they they're a bit more traditional than than we are. Um, so we've come up with the brew that's like somewhere in the middle between between kind of like what we do and what what they do. So this is all English hops as well, mm. which is a pe- uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of English hops. Um, I, I, I feel like I've been. Well, no, excuse me. I'm not a big fan of English hops. I take that back. I'm a big hop <laughs> fan of English hop growers. Yeah. So the English hop growers, uh, they're looking at the market. So originally, right? Originally, talking like in the 80s, if you made, if you grew a hop and you had fruity flavours, it was considered an off flavour. You didn't want, you didn't want fruity flavours in your hops. So our distant cousins went over to America and they tried to replicate beer from home in America. That's why America has Budweiser and there's another Budweiser from Germany. Um, but when they grew the hops in America, because the soil and the climate was different, the hops ended up a bit fruity. So American beer was the laughing stock of the world because yeah. it was fruity and horrible. <laughs> so then the craft beer revolu- uh, revela- uh, revolution happens um, in America it's, and it takes over the world by storm. But English hop growers are still, you know, dug their feet in the mud and they're like, no, that's, that's an off flavor. But eventually, all these breweries were all importing hops from America. I mean, this is, this, is, this is the UK. This is the home of beer. This is where all the history comes from. They're imitating us, and we're getting their hops in. So, yeah, so the market has changed. So to bring, to bring a hop from, like, testing to market is about eight years. So it's a, it's a slow process. But um, there's some really good hop growers around the UK who are really taking, taking on that challenge of trying to grow um, hops in the UK that kind of produce those kind of fruitier, richer flavors. Because um, it's not a case as, we can't just get those American hops and just plant them in the UK. Because under our, our climates, under our soil, under our conditions, it's not gonna produce the same. Yeah, the same. it's like growing grapes yeah. or wine, it's different yeah, Exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're breeding hops to, to become fruity and fruity and fruity. So there's a, there's a hop, a UK hop called Jester, right? Is one one of the first kind of new new age uh, UK hops, and there's another hop called Harlequin, which is now my favourite hop, which is the granddaughter of Jester. So it's uh, yeah, so that's why it's called Harlequin. And um, so when we <laughs> to come up with the recipe, we went, went over to Rock and Roll, and we were sitting down and we were having a few beers, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> as you do. Uh, we were having a few beers, talking about beer, getting all excited. I was like, I'd I'd love to like somewhere in the middle. Uh, let's go for an all English beer because you know an all English beer is not it's not something that you see very often. And their favorite uh, Lynn from Rock and Roll, her favorite hop was um, was Brambling Cross, which is an old school English hop. And she usually said Brambling Cross. I'm like, yes, I'm already into it because my I remember at the Craven Arms years ago there was a brewery called Summer Wines, rest in peace. Um, 
they haven't died. They're just the brewery has stopped. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and they sorry. all died in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The, the, the brewery's no longer trading. Um, but my favourite English beer was Summer Wines, Bramling Cross IPA. I was like, is this English? This is really good. Anyway, so so uh, Bramling Cross came out in the 1930s, and then uh, in the in the 80s, it kind of it fell out of favour because of its American character. They were like, oh. Tastes American. <laughs> it's just like, well, looking at the market now, I was like, that's great. <laughs> that's great. So it's known for like kind of a, a bramble and a yeah, kind of a blackcurrant sort of taste you can get. And obviously my favorite being Harlequin, which we use in uh, the World King Fist, what we spoke about earlier. Um, we use quite a lot of Harlequin. So yeah, this is the, the rock and soul. Uh, excuse my paw, I'm holding the mic. So this is, oh, look at this teamwork. Look at that. How we roll. It feels a bit bromancy now, doesn't it, actually? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was drinking, the, they've done a beer for Thousand Trades. I was in there last night drinking that one quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Really they, yeah. Good. They've done it. I think they used to just do a Cheers. beer for Thousand Trades, but I think Thousand Trades might have come over to Rock and Roll and brewed, brewed that beer with them. Mm. Yeah. But it's really nice either way. So, straight away, you can see it's actually, um, it's actually crystal clear. And I'm, I've never wanted, I've never, I never really cared about clarity, but oh my god, on this beer, I'm like, oh, th there was there was no reason for it to be hazy, <laughs> and uh, obviously rock and roll they don't make generally they a little bit haze, but they're not heavily hazy beers. So I was like, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a clear beer and we're gonna load it up with hops. And uh, as I'm taking the samples out, it keeps it staying hazy. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm, they're coming round, and I'm like, we're trying it. It tastes lovely, but it's like, oh, it's really hazy. Um, That's really nice. Yeah, so I'm, whis I'm whispering to Quinn, who also works here. I'm like, oh, mate, mate I'm, I'm really sad it's so hazy. It's quite embarrassing because it shouldn't be hazy and I haven't got a clue. But the way, what was happening was, uh, so we have the sample tap. You got all the yeast uh, that's in the beer, and yeast was kind of collecting on the sample tap. So as I'm drawing off the sample tap, I'm drawing like yeast. So as I'm measuring, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a bit hazy. But on the day, they're canning it. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, and also upgraded our cooling system, and I kept it like minus two degrees for a couple, a couple of days to really, really drop it out. But yeah, so it's a all English beer, somewhere between the two. I think um, I really like it. It still has that for me when you, whenever I have like Bernisol beer, there's like a, a an aftertaste. Like you put the glass down on the table, and, you know, you're still you're still like experiencing the drink. It's not like a a quick taste or a quick smell. It's over. It's really lingers. And you get that from properly, uh, you know, really layering those hops in. So yeah. Yeah, it's cracking beer. That is all English and sort of sort of floral. So yeah, they 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 they. If you ever been to their tap room, lovely. Uh, no, every time I go to go, it's rather the wrong time, or they've closed. Just signs they say closed now. Have they moved. Yeah, they've moved. moved. Yeah, I yeah. went to the old one. Where the, oh, the, oh my! So the, the new one, the new one is good, and the old, old they're, they're both, they're both, they're both really good. But they've, they've, they've taken some of the best bits of the old one and they've pulled it onto like a new, proper, like pristine building. But they, they always lean into like the flower power sort of kind of music stuff. All, all their labels always have flowers. So for the label for this one, I found some flowers, and originally it was all, it was all, it was all colourful. It was all this colour here. It was all very, very bright. And, uh, and I, sent, I sent it to Lynn, I was like, what do you think? And uh, I, I joked, I was like, it's definitely more, more uh, rock than soul. And 
And she's like, yeah, a little bit. You look like their can. <laughs> so I was like, well, so I took a, so I did, you know, my usual trick. And I took away, I stripped away all the colours. <laughs> it looked like, it looked like a dodgy colouring book. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we decided to meet in the middle. So you can see one side of it. It's like a bit more, a bit more yeah, like burning soul. And then it kind of, it kind of blends into full rock and roll territory. With the, the that full. works for the whole collab vibe as well. Yeah. Half your can, half their can. It's the, it, yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think those, uh, I don't think they've ever collab before, actually. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if they have, but I can't ever remember them doing it. So it was, it was, it was really nice. And ultimately, it was, uh, it's because of during, during, during the lockdown, it was like, well, I, I feel more confident with the canning now. I wouldn't want to collab with somebody so quick. So I feel more confident canning. So you know, would you guys like to? So what, what we've done, we've made a beer, and you can only buy it here. Well, here in our web store. Or if you go to Rock and Roll Brew House, they've got half of them as well. So, Canon, something you've done just fairly recent, isn't it? Like just, you, you weren't well, doing it, it was it was always on the list. So this design, has, I've had like sketches for this on the mm -hmm. PC and little bits of this on the PC for uh, for years, but because of the whole lockdown, suddenly because prior to uh, prior to the COVID thing, um, we only sold to bars. You could only yeah. drink burning salt at a bar or drink it here. There was. Mm -hmm. Rarely in a yeah, small so pack. You'd have to, I'd have to get a craft and try and get it there. Yeah. I live, you've dropped me before. I live down the road from Crafting Shirley. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where I get it from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that. I'm surprised there's not more places around around Shirley that. Uh, you know what? It does made in. They have just opened another place in Shirley. Yeah. Brewhouse near closer to the town centre, and there's one. The PPI and Craft have just opened a place in Solihull Town Centre. So Solihull and Shirley, it's getting better, but it's. Fucking ticking ages. Yeah, I don't. You know, it does my head in about that. It's bloody traffic. Oh my god. Sometimes I deliver to Nottingham, but I've done a delivery to Nottingham quicker than I've done a delivery to around your house. Just because if you go at the wrong time, the traffic is so bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> so bad. Oh, just a straight road. It's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, and even just all the side bits down. And when congestion charge comes in again. Everything around the outskirts of Birmingham is going to get super busy because no one can drive into the middle anymore. Yeah. Next week. Next week, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is so next week. I think week, it's yeah. going to get even worse. I think it's going to do the opposite. I think it's going to make traffic yeah. worse. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah. Want, I don't want to put on a tinfoil hat. <laughs> I don't want to put on a tinfoil hat. But I do feel like uh, driving around Birmingham is being made worse on purpose. Yeah. To, to, like, what we'll do is we'll, we'll cause more traffic and then people won't like driving, so maybe more people won't drive, which it's counterintuitive because now we've got more traffic. I'm driving for longer. There's the the actual air pollution is going to be worse. Yeah. Like, have you tried going through King's Heath recently? Oh, no, it's not. Well, it was never great, but they've closed all the side roads now. I'm like, well, this is a disaster. Well, they keep on about opening the train line up, and they've been on about it for years That's now, the thing. years I'm, and years. And I'm until complete, they do it, I'm completely with always going to be a nightmare. I'm completely with them. Get the cars out of the city centre, pedestrianise as much as possible. I'm with them. But they need to make it like you need to upgrade pers uh, public transport oh, first. You know what yes. I mean? Like we're not London. Like London's cool. You don't need a car in London. You can you be know, anywhere in London. System, you know what I mean? We'd be fucking and on the ground. Yeah, you're right. If we had it all everywhere. We'd be fine. Yeah, but we yeah, ain't got it. This podcast's changed. Oh, that's just the nature of things, man. That's just the nature of things, dude. The mayoral elections were last week. He could have run last week if he wanted to run. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. Well, in jury quarter, there's less parking spaces. They've, they've closed off parking spaces. They've put ballards and in shirt. And so they've got, they've got rid of parking spaces on purpose. And I think if you do want to get people off the road, you need to not like terrorize them. Or <laughs> you, need to, uh, you need to make the other options better. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you, sh you shouldn't yeah. be punished. Cycle lanes, yeah. e for the e-scooters as well. Just 
flood for City with these <laughs> yeah. girls, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sort of feeling like there has been a bit of a flood of those recently. Yeah. It's fine, so, and they're all like under bus stops and yeah. all over the place. Yeah, right? I, I remember driving behind somebody and she didn't look safe on there. And I don't think, <laughs> clearly wasn't drunk, just very, wasn't confident on it. And she's wobbling. I'm like, oh, they're not even wearing a helmet. <laughs> oh, no. But um, yeah. Yeah, there, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are other ways. Anyway, so we were talking about beer, probably. Yeah, yeah we were talking about beer. Yeah, it's cool. We kind of got to <laughs> moving into here and getting everything set up. And yeah, so you tried a few you, beers. Your first year, you won, was it brewery? Was it new brewery or something? Prior to Untapped, there was a rate beer. It was called, everyone used rate beer. And rate beer was really good because when you rated a beer, there was a minimum word count. So every review you got was a legitimate, like, in-depth review. Um, so it was the Rate Beer Awards, the, the best new brewery in the West Midlands. And we won, and it was absolutely great. And then it, they come out, so I think we set up like a, a kind of September, October time. And those awards come out in January, and we won that. And then the next January, coming over, we won um, Best New Brewery in Birmingham. So we, we won it twice in a row. So I, that year, I mean, obviously, it's a thank you. But um, <laughs> that year, I imagine there were some other other new breweries in the West Midlands who were, weren't very happy that we won it twice. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. we were new twice, but we were. <laughs> and um, yeah, we also, we went on to, uh, we won uh, uh, the Thirsty Games. Do you guys know Ind Indie Man Festival in Manchester? Oh man, it's a, it's, it's a wicked beer festival. It's, yeah. in a, it's a Victorian bathhouse and like the swimming pools are drained and you kind of, you, you walk in the swimming pool and you're in the swimming pool, well, the empty swimming pool, excuse me. And there's, <laughs> loads of, uh, there's, lo there's loads of great beers. Some of the best beers all from around the country, actually from all around the world. And um, they, had so they have something called the Thirsty Games where they, cho they choose their three favorite uh, new, new breweries from uh, across the UK. And you go there and you're invited and people try your beer and they vote um, who, who what, what, what brewery they like the most of. And uh, we won the Thirsty Games. And uh, that, that, was, that was incredible because um, some of the people we were against were like, their beers were ridiculously good. And we managed to, to, uh, to pull that off. Uh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> funny story um, for them. Um, uh, funny story, so <laughs> we were at a breakfast, right? And uh, there's another brewery that's in the first two games, and I'm not, I'm not going to mention them, but because um, I didn't win, so I'm not going to mention them. <laughs> stay humble, guys. Stay humble. <laughs> um, and we we overhear another brewery say, if X brewery doesn't win the first two games, if it's a travesty, it's an absolute fix. If that brewery doesn't win the first two games, and we're like sitting right behind them, like, oh. Oh, oh, we're, we're sorry. And then they turn, so we, we introduce ourselves, and she's like, well, pff, you haven't got a chance. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 she, she proper, like, I'm sorry, guys, it's, just, it's not, it's, you, you won't win. Anyway, when we won, it just made it a little bit sweet. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the icing on the cake. That other brewery is very good anyway, so it's all, it's all fun and games. It's all fun was and it games. at that point you thought, this could actually work. Like, I, I might not have to go back to working at the NHS. Um, we, go, go, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was committed. I mean, to be fair, I when I when I sold all my stuff and was living at mum's, I had very little outgoings. So that was the main reason. I had very little outgoings. I had very little commitments. So you could go years. Well, you could go a very long time on very little pay. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still on on very little pay now. So, but if you wanted to make if you want to make money. 
stupid idea. Don't do this. Uh, but if you want to make beer, this is you know this is uh, the best. Right. Yeah. So and that's what I want to do. So it's a it's a it's a lifestyle thing. So money money is never like uh, the priority. And that's probably that's probably where we fall short because when it comes to like our charges and and money, I'm like, well, I'm not. Even though the the, the degree says business information technology, it's like I'm not really I'm not, I'm not really money orientated at all. It's just like just want to make good beer. So we'll never we'll never approach restaurant and go, ooh, that's a bit expensive. Like now we, we, that's 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 not the approach. The approach is oh sorry. So what I should have said is what burning soul actually means. So burning soul um, is like it's like burning passion. You know, if you speak to like a gardener, they're like they're, they're very passionate about gardening. Yeah. yeah. And they got the burning soul for gardening. So if you talk to me for long enough, I promise you, we'll talk about beer. Like I do it so in every conversation. You could talk about the weather, and I can somehow, I'll somehow, I'll somehow maneuver us back onto beer. beer because because I got the burning soul for beer. It's like it's, it means passion. It's the burning passion. Yeah. So it's the burning passion for making beer, not the burning passion for making money. So <laughs> <laughs> and that shows. How do you get from like your normal sort of IPAs and all the different ones to the flavors that come in like mm. we've got one sitting in front of us here ice cream oh. powder and you do my absolute mm. all-time favorite beer the raspberry ripple i can't understand in my head how you make a beer taste like a raspberry ripple oh, ice okay. cream i don't get it so so when it comes to beer okay so the wine world the wine world right, they're very pretentious and i think this is the most complex drink in the world it's not right beer is thousands of times more complex right so when it flavors in beer so first of all you gotta look at where you get your sugars from. So the different malts. Malts are grown. Malt, barley malt, grown all around the world. So depending on the malt you use, where it's grown, it has a flavor. Also, depending on the maltster, so the person who dries the malt, that can add additional flavors to the beer. So if um, if you dry the if you if you really dry the malt too much, you'll you'll get um, kind of like a roasty flavor. So that's how you get dark beer. It's all about temperature of drying the malt, and you can caramelize sugars. So there's a, there's a whole complexity in just getting the grain. So before the grain even comes to us, it's already it's already gone through like a, a loads and loads of hard work has been put in before we even get the grain. So. Part of making a recipe is you get the grain, you get all those different grains and you kind of build that recipe and that flavor based on the grain. Some grain's gonna leave more sugar in the beer. Some grain's gonna make it a bit drier. Some grain, like you can see here, this rock and soul, it's, uh, it's got like a nice golden hue. Um, that's because of, of the grain and that golden hue, uh, there's some flavor in there as well. Um, so yeah, so the grain, very complex. And then the other complexity is we, we touched about earlier is the hops. So hops grown all around the world. And like the interesting thing about hops is just because um, just because you think citra tastes like this, next year's batch of citra won't taste like this year's batch of citra. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a plant, and it produces oils. It's like uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of different uh, hop oils produced, but depending on the conditions it's grown, that kind of that that blend that mix of hop oils is going to be different every time, every single time. So yeah, so you're looking at your, your malts, uh, your combination of your hops, and then on top of that. Um, we've got also got the combination of yeast, yeast around us all the time, all around the world. And uh, previously, um, have you ever, guys ever heard of the Reinheitsgebot, the German purity law for beer? No. So, oh, oh yeah, so uh, in Germany, many years ago, they introduced the Reinheitsgebot uh, beer purity law, which says beer can only be these things, because, you know, because these brewers, they were putting silly things like lactose in beer, right? <laughs> so the Germans intervened and like, you can't be doing this rubbish, guys, no. Beer is X. So, um, so it was originally malt, water, and hops. That's all you could do to make beer, 
right? And that rule was introduced before we even knew what yeast was. So we've been making beer before we even knew yeast made beer. So way back when, what you'd do if you were a brewer, you'd have your brewing stick. This, this is true, right? Brewing stick, right? <laughs> and you'd stir your brewing stick in, 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 in your uh, unfermented beer, which is now called a wort. But yeah, your unfermented beer. And obviously the yeast in the stick would take part and there'd be a fermentation. And if your brewing stick didn't work, you'd go to another brewer and go, hey, my brewing stick doesn't work. And then you'd dip it in their beer and then obviously you'd contaminate your brewing stick with yeast and then you put it in. But anyway, so yeast all around the world, yeast, little single cell organism. And as it, as, it, as it breaks down sugar and carbohydrate and produces alcohol, it also produces esters and flavors. And depending on what sort of yeast you get, it, it can get absolutely wild. So the combinations of like your malt, your, your hops, and then your yeast, and then you might, you might want to add fruits, you might want to add other ingredients. It's a very, 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 very complex drink. Everyone thinks this is actually quite simple. No, it's, it's, it's actually quite complex. Um, going on to the ice cream, to make the ice cream beer, I mean, I, I, can't, I, can't, give it, I can't give it all away. But no, but in my head, you've got a big part of the beer and you're just tipping a load of ice cream mixing up. That's really not how it's done. Yeah, there's a few haagen I've got a great contract with haagen I suppose you've got to break down the flavours of what... what what, what yeah, makes the taste of an ice cream and, and yeah. stuff yeah. like that, cream that, and that, that's it. Well, we don't put cream in the beer, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not not too far off. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's that breakdown of flavors. So we had a so a big part of the ice cream is um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of wheat, there's a lot of oats. Oats make it like silky smooth on the tongue. Oats is um, yeah, porridge oats. That's how you get that haze as well. So it becomes a silky smooth drink. We also uh, lactose. So lactose is the sugar from milk. Is the but the interesting thing about lactose is it's unfermentable, so when you feed it to the yeast, the yeast, don't, that sugar, they're like, that's not for us. And they, they ferment all the other sugar, so what you do is you leave a sweetness, and almost in a bit of a milky taste, um, within the beer. So you add lactose, and then obviously vanilla, and with the raspberry ripple, is a balancing act of the lactose, the vanilla, and the we use raspberry puree. Mm. So literally like a big load of puree, pureed raspberries, stick it in. And interestingly, uh, so ice cream pale is 5.6%. But a raspberry ripple is 5.8% because when you add the raspberry puree, there's already sugar in no, the raspberry puree. So what you're doing is you're adding sugar <laughs> to all the uh, sugary ferment. So uh, the, the recipes are very similar except for the balancing act um, between the two. So yeah, we, uh, so the way we do the balancing, uh, when, when we come up with the recipe, you take the beer out without, without any, any uh, vanilla additions and then you would add like droplets and you'd measure that and then you taste it and you're like, that's too much, this is the right amount. And then you scale that up, and then you'd add it to the uh, to the fermenter. So yeah, it's 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 not a straightforward drink, and it, it is it is a very complex drink. Yeah. So yeah, and even even when it comes to like getting your grain, depending on who you get your grain off, it, it might be it might be the same grain, but the maltster might have it might be different. He might have done a different, slightly different process, a slight slightly different temperature. So it, it all it all tastes different. So but that's the that's the magic of beer as well, and that's also for me um, another reason why I actually quite like Caspier. Because Caspia doesn't travel well. So whenever I travel anywhere, you won't see me drinking oakum. If I go somewhere, I want the local brewery's cask because that is the flavor of that, that time and that place. Um, sorry, another ingredient I haven't mentioned is water. Bloody hell. It's, <laughs> it's actually the most important, well, one of the most important ingredients because obviously it's a liquid. Um, so yeah, it depends on your water. So when you're traveling, different waters make different beer. We have a, in, in brewing, there's a process called Burtonization which is what you do uh, to your water to make your water like Burton-on-Trent because it's, it's long known Burton-on-Trent had the best history of IPAs 
So obviously London, powerhouse of the UK, yep. And then, uh, so uh, we're all drinking porters. Porter was the working man's drink, because if you're a working man back in those days, you were a porter, literally you lifted stuff and you moved stuff. So it came known as the working man's drink. And then the invention of Coke came, not Coca-Cola, not, not the drug, um, but you know, like that, that type of charcoal that can, like, can, can burn at a much lower temperature. So what we could do is we could dry grain so you get it out of the field and, you, you know, I was talking about the monster. The monster would dry the grain. I'm, I'm, I can tell I'm talking quick now. But the monster would dry, <laughs> would dry the grain. Right, but if you dried the grain over coke, it means it could dry at a much cooler temperature. So the grain didn't brown. So for the first time, we were able to get pale beer. But the problem is coke was very expensive. And to get pale beer, um, it, it just made pale beer very expensive. So it was see, seen as like an upper class thing. So the working man had the dark beer, but if you were off money, you know, you'd have a nice pale ale. So pale ale was the rich man's drink. It was the champagne, the champagne of beer styles. Okay, so obviously, you know, the UK is pillaging the world. <laughs> and, and, and the people over in India, they want some of that, you know, that champagne IPA, uh, pale ale from home. But the problem is by the time it gets from home all the way to India, it doesn't, uh, it, it, um, it, it spoils, so one way of preserving beer is, t is to increase the alcohol, because alcohol is a preservative. Another thing is to put more hops in, because hops are also a preservative. So that's how IPA are born. But the reason why I bring it up is because the best IPAs come from Burton. Right? They didn't know why, because we didn't have the science at the time, but it's because the water in Burton is really, really hard. There's a lot of calcium in the water. So, you know, the washing machines live longer. We're cow gone. <laughs> right, right. In Birmingham, we don't need that, but they certainly need it in, in Burton. And uh, it was that hard water was known best for, for IPAs. And London folk hated the fact that, you know, the best IPAs, you know, the, the, the champagne yeah. of, of the beer style came from, from Burton. So, yeah, we have the water. Now, the water we use here at Burton Soul, we have excellent water from... Um, we, get it, we pinch it from Wales, <laughs> a place called Elon Valley. If you've ever been, it's yeah, absolutely been yeah, it's incredible. Beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, like, I'd never understood. I never understood people who buy Volvic until I left Birmingham and tried someone else's tap water. I was like, oh, this is why a bottled yeah. water is a thing. Like in Birmingham, don't buy bottled water, man. Our tap water is like this Some shit. of the best in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you go to London, I, have to, I cannot drink what comes out of a tap in London. If I go down there, I'll take cordial with me. Just if I'm on the piss and then I have to get something out of the hotel tap, I have to put cord in it. Tastes that fucking awful. To me. <laughs> I just, stuff. I just like the sewer idea. water, man. I just, I, 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 I just like the idea of you, <laughs> of you having like a, a bottle of cordial <laughs> and you, and you have little squidgy little ones, the tiny little bowls you can get of it, the concentrated one. I take oh, that do. down with me. I have to. It's awful. It looks like hand sanitizer, but you've got rid of that and you've just put some cordial in. You know, when you wake up like in the middle of the night, you've been drinking loads. You're like, oh, I can't breathe. I'm so thirsty. No. Drink the <laughs> what are you drinking, bro? And then you have the war in London. You're like, oh, fuck it. I'd rather be in pain. <laughs> how, how hard is it to control? How, how many, how many people? Do you have any listeners from London? <laughs> I doubt yeah. it. Yeah, not many. Yeah, go on. So what are you saying? How hard is it to control the strength of a beer? Oh, it's, it's, it's generally not that hard. So um, the more malt you use, if you want to make a stronger beer, you put more malt. And the more malt you use, the more sugar. Um, so the more sugar to water ratio really determines that. And the way you measure it is something called um, original gravity. So if you put a liquid out, and if the liquid has a lot of sugar, and you float something in it, it'll be more buoyant because of the amount of sugar. So what we do is we measure the buoyancy of something called the hydrometer. In there, we measure the buoyancy, then we feed it to the yeast. The yeast eat all that sugar, and they turn all that sugar into CO2 and uh, alcohol. And um, then you put the thing in and then you measure the buoyancy again yeah. and then you can take away those two values and you know how much sugar has been turned into alcohol. Um, so yeah, it's when, when, when 
uh, as lo you, <coughs> you need to use the same amount of water, the same amount of water, the same amount of grain, and also uh, generally the same strain of yeast. Um, sometimes different generations of yeast might be more efficient than other generations. And it's, it's not an exact science. Um, it's not, oh, sorry, it is, an, it is a science, <laughs> but it's not 100% every time. Yeah. Like if you go down to the minute, the, the Microsoft, uh, minute numbers, it won't be the same every single time because sometimes the yeast might perform a little, little better than others. Yeah. When, you, did, when you're picking, oh, I want to, I've got an idea for a beer and I want to do this beer. Oh, yeah. Does how do you want it to taste? Is that sort of dictated to the percentage dictated to you, or do you dictate the percentage? Because if it oh, is related to malt, are you sort of like, well, I ain't gonna be able to make this under five percent. Or no, no, no. So. So it's like a, you, you build something in your mind um, and then you kind of you work towards that idea. So Rock and Soul, I was actually quite happy with because when we spoke about it and the original plan for the beer, the end result was very close to what, we, well, what I had envisioned and, and I had tried to articulate. So uh, it's, it's, it's generally, generally, so what you do, I think as a brewer, some breweries, some breweries, they only brew the same beer all the time. It's the exact same beer, the exact same process. And I think if you want, if you want to improve, you need to be using new processes and new ingredients and kind of in, increasing your, your experience with these ingredients. So you kind of, you, can, you have an expectation of what to expect from a certain hop and a certain addition or putting it at this time and, and moving on. So um, yeah, you kind of, you build it mentally and then you kind of work towards that. And then hopefully you hit what you projected. And if you got it wrong, you learn something new. And then, you know, advanced trial and error. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So. Do you have a favourite beer that you make? Do you want to crack that first? Or? Yeah, no, no. Oh, I can do I can multitask. I can multitask. <laughs> um, the favourite beer we make. Oh, that sounded great. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are we, do, are we doing ASMR oh, now? <laughs> um, I think my, my, my favourite beer that, that we make... Um, I really like the World King Fist. Mm. The World King Fist has a special place in my heart because it's a beer that I've been brewing for about eight years, maybe nine years. So every Christmas I'd make what was the World King Fist. And I've got the original recipe and it, it looks, it's, it's changed a lot. But the idea of the World King Fist was to make a big uh, kind of dank IPA. And when you hear the word dank, you're like, well, that word gets thrown about a lot. But um, it's it's cold word for like, for like weed. So it's like, <laughs> so uh, you might have heard like hops that go in beer are the cousin of the cannabis plant and there's some oils that exist on both plants. So sometimes you can have a beer and you're like, oh, smells a bit iffy, this does. Um, so uh, yes, so the working fist has always been like a, an, an ode to dankness. Actually, Corona, no bottles of Corona when you open oh, a bottle yeah. of Corona, it smells yeah, it exactly stinks, like man. And, uh, and also, um, Grosh as well. Yeah, Grosh, yeah. 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 Smells like the, I don't know if you guys know the number 11 route, but back in the day, the number 11 route used to have a certain, a certain aroma to it when you went upstairs. Oh yeah, come on, sorry. I like this, stop talking, pour the beer. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the World King Fist IPA. So obviously, been making it a long time. Um, the original, the original version that came out of Burn, uh, Burning Soul was uh, it was on like a test batch, so there was only like seventy liters of it, and it was horrendously bitter. But I am a fiend for bitterness. I love a, a good bitter beer. Um, beer can't be bitter enough. So the original Working Fist, um, one of the earlier recipes, 
was 300 IBUs. Now, IBU stands for International Bittering Units. Um, it's just a way of measuring bitterness. Now, the human tongue goes up to about 100, okay? So, <laughs> so it's three times more bitter than the human tongue can even perceive. Like, if I gave you a 600 IBU beer uh, and gave you a... A, a 300 IBU beer, you'd go, Ugh. like you, you can't tell the difference between the two because yeah. um, it's higher than human tongue can perceive. But that was, I, I can't get enough bitterness. Yeah, so earlier mom was talking about how your taste buds change. As a kid, I wanted sweet stuff, but as, a, as an adult, I need bitterness. I, I don't know if that's, is that, have you done the sour? I mean, that's normal, is it? I drink a lot of sour beers. I don't know where that's oh, come from, but my missus, I, I, I'm one of the only people I know that proper loves them but I'm what, mad really? on sour beers yeah like, oh, missus can't stand it like I'm mad on sour beers oh, so am I Yo, sour beer is is, is is beautiful it's a cross between you know it really is the the, the holy grail of alcoholic drinks because sour beers can sometimes taste a bit like wine they can sometimes taste a bit like cider and obviously they are a beer so um I remember my first sour beer, I was like, what the hell is this and it absolutely blew me away I couldn't believe like it's funny because you think sour beer, but it tastes, it's so different from what beer is. It completely blows you away. If we're talking about sour beer, one of the best sour beers uh, or sour breweries out there is uh, called Cantillon. Cantillon in Belgium. And me and the missus a few years ago, we went to Cantillon. And you, you, go, into, you go into this place and it's called the Cantillon Museum. It's still a brewery, but it's classed as a museum. And you go there and they give, you a, they give you a sign and they say, please don't kill any spiders. And you're like, what? Because the place is infested with spiders, because spiders eat flies, and flies are attracted to sour beer. Yeah, so it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you go there, and these these beers are spontaneously fermented. So what you do is you you leave the beer out, and the microbes and the stuff in the air from the atmosphere they land on the beer, and they start and the bacteria they start eating the beer. So it really it's it's it is something special. So what what I'm saying is, if they clean the place, the beer wouldn't be as good, right? <laughs> that that flavour is encrusted in the hundred years, and I think they've been doing it for over hundred years. It goes down from the father to son for hundred years running, and uh, I think uh, sour beer really fell out of uh, it wasn't very popular in the nineties, and I, we lost a lot of great sour historical sour breweries, but Cantillon managed to to make it through, and there has been a resurgence. And unfortunately, it means the price of a Cantillon has gone through the bloody roof. I remember buying bottles of it for six quid from Cottage, right? And now, like, if you see it for, if you see it for like 16 quid, you know, yeah. you're lucky. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> We've gone, of course, again. Well, that's it, man. A lot of people don't understand sour beers. Like, whenever I get one, people always try it. And the first drink is that. I'm like, how are you tasting oh. the same beer as I'm tasting? Oh, I think it, I've, like, I've only had, like, a little swig because I don't drink, but... I think they're truly awful, man. <laughs> truly <laughs> awful. I mean, she hasn't, I drink loads. She hasn't had one that she'd even consider having. You know, we went, we went Beer Central last year and it was like, it was like, started, it was like oh, man, Liam, honestly, try this, try this. Tell me that this is bad. Oh. I took a little... I was like, Carl, that's undrinkable, man. I just focused on <laughs> sour beers. Oh, beer's well, central, mainly. Well, we, 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 won't, we, won't, we won't do it as part of the podcast because we'll, we'll just be on a drinking session all day and recording <laughs> it. <laughs> but um, I've, got, I've got, so uh, one, of the, one of the earlier cans we did, we did a, a, a sour zephyr. So I made a sour beer, but um, there's different techniques to sour beer. So the technique I spoke about earlier, that's, uh, that's kind of what people would call the proper sour beer where you let... Post fermentation, you 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 let all the bacteria and all the stuff produce air. But there's another type of sour beer called kettle sour. So this is how you'd make a sour quickly. So what you do is you you put the, the malt in, you get the sugar from the malt, you put it in the kettle, and uh, what you do is you uh, at that point you'd pitch um, lactobacillus, 
and lactobacillus makes lactic acid, which is what makes the beer sour. So you'd pitch a bacteria, uh, the bacteria would do its thing for a few days, and you'd measure the pH to your to sound as you like, and then you'd boil it like a normal beer. But what, what that boiling process does is it sterilizes everything, um, and then you, you have a, a quickly soured wort that's been soured over like three days. And Cantillon, like, from start to finish, it's about like five years, I think it might be even longer, for a proper sour beer. So some sour beers you can do very quickly. We did one of these um, last year, um, uh, Sour Zephyr Saison. So it was like soured, and I used Saison yeast as well, which is a Belgian yeast. And um, yes, that, that can was our slowest selling can. Well, I bought some of them. Yeah, well, I didn't care because it was great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I took about 70 and I put 70 aside. I was like, they're not for sale. <laughs> there's no, there's no rush on them. So yeah, I can give you one of my, one of my, uh, I'm so, yeah, every now and again, I still have, I have a Zephyr at home. And if someone comes to the brewery and they, they talk, they mention, they mention the Zephyr, they're like, I actually really like a sour beer. I'm like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you definitely shouldn't have said that in the podcast but well, you're gonna I, get well maybe yeah maybe <laughs> well actually yeah i haven't got 70 left so yeah yeah, yeah they're gonna come and be like sars you stouts much different because you do a cracking breakfast style that's one of my favorites oh, we got uh, i might yeah so um oh so it's all down it's down to them down to the malts and uh, some stouts use certain, certain, certain different, we use different yeasts for certain different stouts. But I'm really glad you like the breakfast style. It's one of my favorites as well. It's, um, we use uh, coffee. You, have you ever heard of Quarter Horse? Um, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Get them on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. They're, they're, they're lovely, they're lovely, they're lovely dudes. And their coffee is so shit hot. It blows, it blows me away. But interestingly about that beer, right? So generally when you make a coffee stout, you get the coffee beans and you put the coffee beans in the stout. All right? But what we, what we do is we ask them to make a hundred double espressos. Because <laughs> obviously, like, these guys are experts at making coffee, right? This is, the, they're the best at making coffee. So we have them make the best coffee, loads of the best coffee. And we actually add the best coffee in strong form into the tank uh, directly. And it takes them about five hours. It's not, it's not, well, <laughs> or it takes whoever the unlucky intern oh, yeah. <laughs> is yeah. about five this hours. This goes back to what you said earlier about not costing ingredients though. Like oh, another company would go, yeah, we could get a cheaper coffee than that. We're just going to. Well, yeah, another company. But you see, you work with Quarterhouse because they care because yeah, yeah. they, 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 they have the burning soul for coffee. Yeah. So they're like, what are you doing? Now, nah, sounds interesting. And they, <laughs> even though from their point of view, like this is a lot of work. Why am I doing this? We could just have some coffee beans. But actually, they're just as excited as you are. And then we had, um, a couple of years ago, uh, it was a, it's a recipe, it's on the back burner. Um, on a, we did a pilot batch of a white stout. So it's a stout that's actually pale. So right. you get those like, uh, those like kind of chocolatey, those coffee flavors out of a pale beer. And it was absolutely beautiful. It went down an absolute storm. Um, it's on the list to be, to be rebrewed. There's a long list. Anyway, I was talking to him about the white stout and I'm really, really getting into it. And talking to the guys from Quarter Horse, he's like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then he starts talking to me about coffee blends. He's like, we need to blend this coffee with this coffee. And he did me a roast just for me to do a 70 litre batch of beer. He made, his, he, made, he made a Pacific, like a blend of coffee and he roasted it a certain way to capture a certain flavor. Because obviously with the white stout, you don't wanna, you don't wanna, um, you don't wanna pull out too much color because obviously too much color. So he's roasted it. I think he's, he might've done it at a lower temperature perhaps. Mm -hmm. He's roasted it in such a way that you can get like loads of rich, deep flavors. Yeah. Um, but without extracting too much colour. So yeah, they're, 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 
I think that's a, a, a really interesting part of Burning Soul is when, when we talk to people, when we work with people, we, we generally, we, we kind of seek out people who are passionate about what they do in this in the fields. And, you know, it's kind of contagious when you get somebody who's really interested. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like coffee, but not, not that much. <laughs> I mean, I, I went and I had, a, I had a espresso tasting and I was driving home and I felt like I had, I don't know, I was... Flying. <laughs> no, it wasn't like I was flying. I was having a panic attack. I was like, what's wrong with me? I'm, I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm like cold. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, you can just drink this? Like, it felt like I'd done some hard drugs, man. It wasn't, it wasn't nice. It was not nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like, a, I do like, a, I do like a good coffee, but I, I just like people who are really passionate about what they do and working with them is, is always an honor. So there you go. Yeah. Cool. Um, this has been like, mega interesting like even as someone who doesn't drink and can't really taste the beers but man, yeah. this has been fascinating i've loved it oh, well well no worries i mean I, I i dread to think how long this has been going no, on for honestly you know the time does not matter, man. i've <laughs> loved i've loved it all, i've okay. loved well, it the people the people like who listen to you might care i feel like we could sit and chat all day about well, it well, listen but do you have anything like future plans or anything you want to mention before we oh yeah cool so well yeah, we, we do have future plans. I've been after more tanks for a long time because obviously now now we're doing the cans. We want to keep doing the cans, mm. but pubs, uh, um, um, pubs are back open. So you get someone in to do the canning, don't you? You don't have. Yeah, to so what we use we use a uh, we use another company, and they they come in with like their hundred grand worth of canning equipment, and you can you hire them for a day, and they do the canning, which is interesting because um, obviously their job they're a lot of people think, oh, you're hiring them to do the canning, but no, I'm hiring their expertise. These are experts at canning, right? I will sleep better at night knowing that the cans have been done yeah. by an expert and not by me, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So uh, the part that they have, they have a nice kit and then they, they come and they measure your beer, they measure your, you know, how much carbonation you got in, they measure your dissolved oxygen and you, they, they kind of, you have the official figures and it gives you a good indication on, sh on shelf life and stuff like this. And they, they, do, they do a great job and they, they measure they measure the pro, they, they measure it out throughout the whole process and you know honestly canning beers was very like anxiety inducing i tell you um you're like oh is this this is this this thing because you hear about the horror stories and stuff that goes wrong so hiring them getting them in to do it is uh, absolutely great but yes we want to keep we want to keep canning we want to keep canning um i also i want to do more casper I, I, I love casper i go out and drink casper i speak quite highly of casper um some people who drink uh, like craft beer and keg beer um, they look down on cask beer, but it's not it's not the case. I mean, I, I will say with the cask market, it is more dictated on price, but it's moving away from that. But the attitude used to be, yeah, the, the customer, I'm not paying more than X for a pint. So then the landlord goes, I ain't paying more than X for a cask. And then the brewer goes, I ain't paying more than X for ingredients. So, yeah, and, that, and that's a problem. And, Just and, a race to the bottom. Then. Yeah, and, and if you do that for years and years, the quality of the beer will suffer. But I, th I think there has been a bit of a turning point in cask beer, because especially with, with us as well, um, the Birmingham camera folk really welcoming of us at the start, even though some of our beer wasn't appropriate for the official camera rules. I think those rules have changed, but the Birmingham camera was very progressive, and I'm like, it doesn't matter, it tastes good, who cares what, what kind of vessel it's, it's been put into. But yes, so we want, we, want to, we want to move into cask, and to do all this, I need a lot more tanks and a big equipment. I mean, at this point, if the brewery was three times the size, I, I'd, I'd be much happier. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm, so I've been trying to, um, I'm tr been trying to source new tanks, keep keep cans coming, more cask, and uh, yeah, and, and produce more beer, and maybe uh, expand the team a little bit and get more people in, and uh, yeah, more tap room. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm I'm happy we're on the inside now, but 
the table service is not Benisol hasn't isn't about table service because when you come to Benisol you can stand up and you, everyone in the room is friendly so you can talk to anybody whereas when you're on a table you're kind of you're locked into the, just the people you've come with mm. whereas before we've had customers come here like by themselves yeah yeah and be like well it's okay I'm going to know somebody yeah. or I've, I've shared a drink with somebody before or you know and, and you know everyone's quite friendly so yeah all right Cool. Yeah, Wicked. Wicked. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. I've got oh, no. questions. Oh, you got your questions. Oh, you've got questions. Back. Oh, sorry, sorry, back. sorry. I haven't done this for ages. It's been cool, years since I've done this. This is good because I get to show on it. Stand up. <laughs> right, this is just really, really, just people to get to know you questions. Oh, okay. They're really super simple answers. Don't worry too much about sure. Shall what we, they uh, are. Shall we crack this cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> you wait until Liam walked away and you're like, yeah, 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 we'll crack it. He's trying to leave, but no, we'll crack it. <laughs> What's Go. this one then? Oh, this yeah, I, I need. I, yeah, this this is another card. But this was this was this wasn't brewed at Burning Soul. This was brewed at a, a wonderful brewery called New Invention from um, from Warsaw. Yeah. So this is this is this beer is called Fair Dinkum, right? And if you're familiar with Australian slang, Fair Dinkum means real real bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, just Australian hops, and we've made like a big. It's an eight percent double IPA. Wow. So it's uh, we made like a big sweet beer. And, this is a cause of contention for me, but um, a double IPA means just like it's, it's the, the strength's higher. And previously, I think doubles were called Imperial IPAs and you get triple IPAs. And I think another brewery has recently done a quad IPA, but it's like a eight. eight you would not guess that. No, you would not. No, you're not. And it's, um, it has plenty loads of some of the top Australian hops. You know when you get like wine? That's really good. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. Well, to be fair, New Invention, all, all, all the beer, all the beer California New Invention makes is, is always shit up. So, um, and I've known him for years. Um, so when we was talking about, oh, let's do a beer together, it was like, oh yeah, it sounds like a great day. So we went over <laughs> there and we, uh, we we done about 12 hours of uh, of, of brewing <laughs> you can't see me doing air quotes well, there was we also had it we also had a few beers and spoke about beer and really got you know he's got the burning soul as well he's passionate about it so working with him was great so yeah this is a yeah this is fair dinkum double ipa go on oh, sorry questions right it's the really 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 easy um which favorite movie they're not that easy are they right. i think my favorite movie is uh and battle royale oh, it's a jack the original movie. Yeah, the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And don't watch Battle Royale 2. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, so Battle Royale. Uh, favourite band? Oh, man, what are you doing to me? It's, these questions aren't easy at all. Led Zeppelin? I listen, we listen to a lot of Zeppelin around here, but... Uh, Zeppelin's a good shout, though. But I have been listening, well, just on the way in, I was listening to uh, Don Broco, uh, their 2018 album, Technology, I was, I've been really enjoying recently. But I wouldn't say favourite band definitively. Uh, I can tell you a favourite song. Is that is that another question? You can have a favourite song if you want. So there's a there's a, a band called Malevolence, and they do a song called Turn to Stone. Yeah. I don't like any of their other music, but that song is like it's almost like the theme tune to Burning Soul. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's one. it's proper it's proper deep, proper metally. It's really heavy. It's beautiful. What's your favourite spirit? And I mean down to the bottle. Which is your favourite one to buy? Okay, okay, favourite spirit. You see, I don't, I don't drink spirits. You're so not I, a spirit man. No, no, it's too spooky. Not into it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my favourite spirit, if I had to choose, oh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be, it, it'll be whiskey. It'll be, it'll be a whiskey down to the bottle. Um, probably a Japanese whiskey. Although, yeah, don't, don't talk to me about spirits. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not no, no. Uh, what's your favourite big fast food chain? 
You said these questions were easy. Said, like, easy I have never, I have never thought. I've never them off straight away. And no one's ever cared enough <laughs> to ask me these questions. <laughs> what? Big fast food chain. So I've gone KFC. Oh, no. Well, well, mine's, is Caspian big? Yeah. I like a Caspian yeah, pizza. Like Caspian. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not proper pizza, but it's fucking good. Wow, what do you mean it's not proper pizza? <laughs> go on, go on. How dare you? How dare you? What do you mean? It's like pizza cake for me. Oh, come on, dude. But it's good. I order it's it. It's not pizza cake. Anyone like, it's, a, it's, a proper, it's a proper deep, deep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Junior's put. You know what? Pizza needs to be more on healthy. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, yes. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, so my favorite chain would be, would, be, would be a Caspian. What's your favourite takeaway? Indian, Chinese, um, Caspian? I think I, I go to Chinese, uh, they do something called a Fu Young, which is like a scrambled egg dish and they put loads of stuff in there. So it's, and plus it's just pure protein, go straight to the biceps. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Birmingham, what city would you go for a good drink, especially for beer then? Oh, a good drink, especially for beer. There's some really great- You anywhere in the world. In, in the world, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it local. <laughs> um, no. Bristol, Bristol's, Bristol's, Bristol's good. Yeah, yeah, it's got a wicked beer scene. I, I love Bristol, uh, left hand giant, and like, like, like the cobbled streets and like modern fair things about Bristol. It's like literally all the, like a lot of the best pubs are like literally opposite each other and next door to each other. Yeah. So you don't have to walk very far. <laughs> it's literally you just cross the street a few times. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bristol's Bristol's great, and it's got some really, some really picturesque and like historical feeling, uh, pubs and bars. Nice. Yeah. That's it. Oh, was that it? That's it. Oh, cool. That, that, they weren't that simple, mate. Ah, the simple if you like make us think about what your favourite thing is all the time. I'm always putting top fives in my head of everything. I'm working on top five TV shows at the moment, and it's so fucking difficult because I've included all genres, and I'm not joking. I'm lying away at night thinking about this. Oh wow! It's absurd. Just tell me number one and two. At the moment, purely because I've watched it all the way through twice, Battlestar Galactica oh, yeah. is right up there. Because I watched it all and then I told the missus how good it was. And she said, all right, I'll start watching it. So I watched you, them all from did the beginning. You, did again. you pick up stuff like you didn't realise on the first time on the second yeah, time? Yeah, well, especially when you know what happens. Yeah. For the second time I watched yeah, it's yeah. even better. I think in, in the first episode, there's like a reference to like an obs obscure like politics thing by one of the guys. Yeah. And the first time you watch it, you'll never know that he's referencing his like political side, yeah. But it's one of them probes, it's fucking brilliant. I absolutely love it. And um, I probably Father Ted. Father Ted is a massive fan of Spaced as well. I loved Spaced. Oh, I was the exact right age for Spaced as well when it came out. It was just like the perfect storm of TV. I don't know that one, but I'll tell you what, show. I have been um, watching on YouTube re uh, clips. Peep Show. Do you remember Peep yeah, Show? Yeah, yeah, I love Peep Show. Dude, the cringe levels on that are like <laughs> yeah. so high. Do I suck mummy's finger? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some of, some of it's hilarious. And just just having it from the first person point of view, you really feel like you are part of this, yeah, yeah, this yeah, train yeah. crash. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Well, anyway, yeah, cheers, guys. It's, it's been nice having you. It's a good podcast. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks for having us. Thank you for the beer. Yeah, no worries, man. No worries. Yeah.